This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Double Tap Canada. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. I am back from the dead. Yes, uh, I'm feeling much better. Thank you for not asking. Uh, Sean Priest is here. Hi, Sean. What up, dog? It's dope to be here. I'm chilling. I'm, I'm trying to bring in the youth listener to Double Tap, as you can tell. Okay. Uh, Tim Schwartz is over here. Tim, what's going on? Sean, please never, ever do that again. Hello, Stephen. I'm so glad that you're back. I'm so glad you're feeling better. You you were sounding kind of rough last week. Yeah, and I must admit, after I heard the show last week, I'm glad to be back as well. Only kidding. Only kidding. Only kidding. You you don't listen. I didn't listen. No, exactly. (laughs) Um, But no, listen, it's great to be back. (laughs) It's good to be here. And uh, yeah, it's uh, been a bit of a week. I had a bit of a cold. Um, bit of a man flu, if I'm honest. Mm. Um, you know, by by sort of Thursday, just before you know, obviously we put the show together on a Wednesday. Let's not you know pretend that we all put this together on a Thursday because um, they might sound like it, but we we don't. We put it together the day before. We rarely do that. Uh, and, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, so we, we I was kind of thinking, you know, should we should I do this? Should I, am I feeling better? And you know that way when you when you're off work as well, you, you kind of get to a point in the week where. It's not really worth going back in on the Friday, is it? You know, it's like if you're off the Thursday and you've been off all week. Oh, I'd say a long weekend is what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. Unbelievable. Where's the work ethic? Where's the professionalism? Sorry, are you talking to me? Yeah, sorry, I right. forgot for a moment there. <laughs> Forgetting who you're dealing with here. Um, right, well, look, we've got lots to get through this week. We're going to be talking about how wonderful Microsoft is. Wow, who saw that coming? Yeah, we've never said those words before. We've never seen anything come. Oh. Um, well, now I'm depressed. Oh, wow. Dark, didn't it? Right. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> happy show. Um, this is a tech show, honestly. And um, we are going to talk tech. We're going to talk about Microsoft this week. Uh, you guys talked about Domino's last week. Um, I wanted to rant about it, but you guys did it for me. Um, because I, I think, you know, Domino's are, of course, on the news, if you don't know, because of the whole um, web access gate. Um, blind pizza gate. I don't know. I'm trying to come up with something. Um, I'm failing. Yes. I have I have terms for what Domino's is trying to do, but I can't say them on air, so we can leave it at that. Yeah. Well, not not serve blind people is essentially right. one of them. Um, and, and that's what it seems to be like, you know. So uh, it seems like they're kind of doubling down on this. That's what gets me on it. They're kind of doubling down on it. They don't want to make changes to their website, um, or at least they're not appearing to want to. Uh, and, and this is, of course, meaning that blind people can't get, you know, can't can't order. And you know, I suppose people might say, "Well, you know, you just don't buy pizza from them; buy pizza from someone else." But why should you have to? You know, um, and, and you know, if you if you were if friends came round and they're like, "Hey, let's you know get a Domino's in," and suddenly you can't do it because you're the only one with the computer and you can't access the website. It's just, it's really, really bad, and, and I, I just am concerned about the way this is all going. And again, it comes back to my point that I know, Sean, you always disagree with, you know, but the web is not as accessible as people like to make out wrong, it is. Wrong, like wrong, you. wrong, wrong, wrong. Okay, this is one company. Let's not blow this out of all proportion. Yes, their actions so far, as you said, seem disgusting. As we said last week, pig-headed almost. You know, what is the big problem here? 
Whereas, of course, you said their actions are disgusting. Their pizzas, on the other hand, are delicious. <laughs> well, look, Tim made a good point last week, surprisingly <laughs> enough. Um, is, Thank I you. What? what? I think. Well, look. Like, oh, every time I take a week off, that happens. Every time. <laughs> Somebody's got We've got to say that we don't know the reason behind it, because I can't understand and I can't think of a reason why they would take it this far. But there may be some sort of underlying reason behind it all that we don't know. Now, I don't understand why they wouldn't make that. Yeah, the website's not accessible. Yeah, yeah, no, but maybe there's a reason they're taking it this far. Maybe they're testing it and trying to prove a point or, I don't know, set a precedent for a good reason. You know, we got to be balanced here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those, are, those, are, those inaccessible websites are really leading the way. Um, <laughs> Look, yeah, yeah that, it's changing right, the world. I can't think of a defence. I said this last week. It is disgusting. I can't think of a defence, but maybe there it's is money. One. It's all about money. Well, I, I only said that, Sean, when you were like, "Now, come on, we need to be fair to Domino's," and maybe, and I'm like, "Okay, fine, maybe, maybe they're doing this as a good thing, as a way to help accessibility on the web along." But I don't think so. I think that this is truly. The they just don't want to change their website. They don't want to change the app. And you're right, Stephen. It could be as simple as, okay, we'll just don't order from Domino's, which I choose not to. So I agree to disagree with you there. Um, but um, mm. but that said, this could have reaching effect, not just around the United States, but around the world. Because if the Supreme Court does say, you know what, Domino's, you're absolutely correct. The, the law doesn't extend to websites and apps, and you don't have to make it accessible for the blind. That could have a trickle effect around the world, and that's not good. That's not what we want here. So if that's what happens, that will obviously be very bad, and then the web will not be very accessible. So, yeah. Um, now, look, I, I know that uh, Michael, our listener, has dis- is disappointed in me. Um, uh, disappointed in all of us, I think, in, in some no, way or another. No, I, mean, I don't think he is. I think he especially specifically you, mentioned no. you, Stephen. Specifically you. Well, he not just really, doesn't no. like that I'm not into Android, but other than that, he likes me. No, he doesn't like well, think The thing for me is, though, he, he kind of doesn't – he's disappointed, I think, because, you know, I, mean, I don't know who this guy Scott is. He, he's, he's annoyed at him. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, some guy called Scott uh, he's annoyed at. So it's not me, obviously. It must be someone else. And maybe he's thinking of, I don't know, Sean. Sounds kind of like Should Scott Should we put this into some sort of context? because someone might not know what we're talking about. Well, you should have listened last week. Well, so should you. <laughs> that's, that's beside the point. Um, if you didn't, you, why do you expect the listeners to? I was ill. I wasn't oh, well. Okay. Do you still hear the rasp in my oh. throat? Oh, jeez. Anyway, look, listener Michael got in touch last week, and he was telling us that um, he was disappointed because I haven't yet... He's having a laugh, in fairness, but he was um, sort of I don't think poking... He was. No, he was. He was poking fun at me because I hadn't yet come up with the goods on the um, narrator versus Jaws and its image recognition features. Well, it's a good job you had that long weekend because I'm sure it's well polished and uh, fully featured. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, you say that. Um, uh, okay, well, look, I tried, okay? I did try. Oh, here it comes. Yeah, um, and I was only kind of halfway successful. That's the best way to put mm-hmm. it. Um, so what I was trying to do, Is it? <laughs> what I was trying to do, was uh, use these new image recognition features. Now, one is in Narrator, um, which lets, uh, which uses an online service to identify what an image is, and uh, you do that in Narrator by apparently holding down the Narrator key, which can be caps lock or insert, holding down Shift and then pressing D for describe, right? But I've tried it, and I've got 
version 1903, which I think is the latest run of, um, of Windows, and I can't get it to work. Now, Tim, you've got an older version of Windows, I think from last year, uh, and yours <laughs> did work, so I'm completely confused as to what's going on with that. Um, it should have worked, and uh, interestingly, yours, I think the image, you tried an image, didn't you? You tried it uh, with an image, but it just said to you it wasn't captioned, whatever that means. Yeah, the particular image that I tried it on, it did work. I am confused about my version number because I just updated, I think, a week or so ago or a couple weeks ago it updated. So I don't know why that is. But either way, yeah, I, I did it on an image, and it just said that it wasn't able to caption that image. So it wasn't that it wasn't captioned. It just wasn't able to derive a description of that particular image. So I'll have mm. to try it on some other images and see if I can get it to describe it. But it, it, it did work. It was available. Um, now, when you did yours with JAWS and made it work, I, I thought that was actually kind of interesting how that worked. Yes, yeah, so I downloaded a picture of a duck um, and, you know, a duck in a bath, obviously, because um, well, where else would a duck live? I am, of course, referring to the plastic variety rather than the real duck. Um, at least I think that's the case. Um, I'm glad you cleared that. A rubber yeah. ducky. Uh, a rubber ducky. And, and it had lovely red lipstick on. She looked gorgeous. Aww. Uh, uh, I, I was kind of wondering if it would pick up on that. Um, maybe that's pushing it a little bit too far. Um, I think I might have overthought this slightly. A rubber duck with lipstick on. That's <laughs> asking a Taking lot. Taking a bath. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I wanted to know if it would pick up the, the gender of the duck as well. Um, but yeah, anyway, so I ran it through uh, what is called Picture Smart on JAWS, which uh, to do that, all you do is you hold down Insert, then you press the space bar, and uh, then you press P for Picture Smart. And then I think I pressed C for control, and that kind of goes away, and it, it it says it starts sort of finding out what the image is. And it comes back with a pop-up box with the image in it and also text information of what it thinks. And it did identify the duck. I will say it did not identify the gender of the duck. It didn't oh, identify... Fail. It did identify <laughs> bath, but what it said was... I, I thought it had figured out it was in a bath, but what it was actually doing was telling... Uh, suggesting where the duck could be found. So it was more of a kind of general, you know, it could be in a bath, it could also be in, you know, the middle of the ocean. Um, but, you know, <laughs> not going to tell you what it is in this particular picture. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I think it's hard enough to identify images visually, but I think it's probably easier with my weak eyesight to figure out what's going on in the picture rather than what these computers are capable of at this point. I'm not impressed. Ooh, that's controversial. Well, look, let's be fair. We don't know the narrator... Uh, functionality of that command at the minute because we can't really fully test it. Yeah. So we don't know. That that may turn out to be good. I gotta say, look, Jules did get what the objects were in this picture and, you know, it did mention bath or whatever. It was a little bit verbose for me. I'd rather just have a general informal description of what the graphic is. Um, but it, it's good that you can, like, like a lot of features in Jules, you know, the reason it's, it is loved and uh, especially in the employment sector that I think it does give you that option. It gives you a lot of detail. So if you really do need to know, then at least it's there. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. And the part of it that I like that was verbose, but I think it was necessary, but I agree with you on the rest of it, is I believe it did say something like possibly a meme with text that reads, and then it's, it said some text that it, that it was feeling was in the image itself. So that's where I think that this is probably the best use cases. Yeah, you can get a general idea of what an image is or what it might include, 
but to get text from memes, which is always a problem for me if I'm on, on social media or, or whatever. And people put up these memes and they have text and everybody's laughing and having a great time with it. And I have no idea to have the ability to at least e- extrapolate that text that that is helpful if nothing else. Yeah, I think that's true. But I also think that the the problem I've got is just when it says things like, you know, you have to get focus on the image. How do you know? I mean, I, I've had difficulty <laughs> right. trying to know what whether I'm actually on the image. And I think that might be part of the problem as well with this, uh, that you're sort of, you know, using the command, but it's saying, well, you're currently highlighted on a, you know, my computer icon. Uh, what do you want me to do with that? Um, well, I, I, no, look, it, it works well in the context of you're browsing a web article or something, you know, and you're, you're going through and it will say image or, you know, graphic and you can jump through those elements anyway. So you can jump to them. I must admit with, with JAWS, I, it, I always turn off graphics. I just turn off all graphics. I'm just not well, interested. That comes to my final point, really, is that I don't think this technology as a, as, as a whole is really there where it provides us with enough information in a, in a great way anyway. So it's something that I personally wouldn't use a lot or even at all anyway. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, well, look, I, I don't want to talk too much about it because I'm, I'm not impressed by it. So you know what? And you haven't done it properly. Michael, I'm no. disappointed as well, um, <laughs> if I'm honest. If you're listening, Michael, I, I'm disappointed. Um, I think, you know, all of us are disappointed this week with that. And with Stephen. And my name's Stephen, by the way. Um, <laughs> right, so... Um, <laughs> Uh, actually, one other point um, Michael brought up last week that I wanted to refer to, and that was the Samsung versus uh, Google Pixel, which I think is always an interesting debate um, over these kind of top-level phones. Uh, he was referring to the Samsung S10 and its own screen reader that it's built in, and he was asking questions about what the differences are between it and uh, the Android version, obviously the Android version of TalkBack that is on um, the Google Pixel. Well, first off, you can get both versions on the Samsung. That is important to know. Um, the Google Pixel uh, obviously has Android's TalkBack built in. Uh, Samsung does not come with the Android accessibility suite already installed on the phone. That's something you would have to go to the Play Store and install separately. And then once you do that, you'll find it under other installed services under the accessibility menu. You'll have, for example, a, a menu that says uh, screen reader or visibility enhancements when you go into the Samsung accessibility settings. But actually, if you go beyond that and you go to the end of that list, there's a, an other installed services. When you go in there, that's where you'll find all the TalkBack and uh, magnifier and all the things that come with um, essentially standard stock Android. So that's that's how you find it. Um I think Samsung's version is okay. It, it misses things for me. It does. It, is, it leaves me um, lacking in a lot of different things, like the, the the swipes we talk about to read text. You know, to read continuous text. Um, it, it's kind of built, I'd say, on a very basic version of Talkback, which I don't understand because the Talkback's already fully fledged. Um, so yeah, I, I've. I turned it off, and I just chose to use the the Android one, the original Android on the Samsung, and I had a much better experience, and the same on the Google Pixel. So, um, yeah, at the moment, I, I've got both. I've got a, a Pixel 3a that I'm, I'm playing with, and a Samsung S10, and I've switched from the Samsung S10 back to the Pixel, um, and I'm enjoying the experience. Now, why? I think ultimately because I think with the the, the Google Pixel 3a has got 
a slightly different screen. Now, I'd maybe argue it's possibly a slightly cheaper screen than the Samsung S10, um, and only perhaps maybe in the material that's used to to line the screen to cover the screen. And actually, it's it's a, I want to say the word rougher, but that's not the right word. It's just not quite as um, slidey. I'm using technical terms. Technical here. terms, not, yeah. Don't blind yeah, us obviously. with science. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. It's not quite as slidey under your finger as the you know as the Google Pixel, uh, or sorry, as the Samsung S10. The Google Pixel 3a screen it tends to be better when you're sliding your finger across, which means I think you get better and more accurate swipes every time. And that's one of the big problems with Android, actually, for me, is those swipes that just kind of feel like they're going nowhere. Yeah. Um, or you jump very suddenly because you've touched something and it's been very sensitive below your finger. So the newer phones have far more sensitive screens, I guess, or the, or the more expensive phones have more expensive screens. Pixel 3 doesn't so much, and I think that works to its benefit for blind people. I think, if I'm honest, if you were starting out today to buy a new smartphone and you weren't caring whether it was an iPhone or an Android phone, I'd be saying the Google Pixel 3 is the phone to buy. $400, that is a price not to be sniffed at. Um, for for some people, maybe not everybody, but for some people, that is a buyout purchase, um, and you can then save money on a on a on a you know on a contract or whatever else. So, I think that's something to really consider. But it's a really good phone. It is a really good phone. Both phones are great. Don't get me wrong. I am but... so shocked. You've just recommended an Android phone over anything else. Well, until iPhone comes up with an SE two or. Uh, as rumours now have, and I was reading just yesterday, that the new iPhone 11R may well be um, may well be about seven hundred dollars. Um, still, you know, still more than a Google Pixel 3a. But I will say the Google Pixel 3a is a very good phone for the money. It's, I think, the best you'll get today. Wow! So you think it's not the SE off the um, off the throne of being the blind phone? Yes, I would actually. Yeah, I would go that far. I'd say that the new the new blind phone, the new BE, <laughs> uh, is um, is the Google Pixel Three A. I, I absolutely think so. I think it's a great wow. phone. I think it's got great potential. It's still got headphone jack. I love that. Yes. The only thing it misses is wireless charging, which is the only thing that annoys me about it. It doesn't have wireless charging, and that I'm happy to to live with. Um, uh, yeah, so am I. Do you know what? I looked into that with my. Sorry, I've, I've interrupted you, Stephen, but. It felt right. Oh, okay. The Pixel 3 that I've got, I looked into again. I thought, I'll get a wireless charging pad. How cool will that be? Just throw it down, no mucking around with wires and everything. But when I looked into it, it seems to take so long to charge. Yep. It's, I thought, well, actually, the, the fast charger that you get with the phone anyway is great. It does it so fast. Um, I don't want to go back. So I'm not actually sure how useful wireless charging is like it's great for overnight, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, yeah, I'm not overly sold by. It. I think ultimately because of the fact that the charger's still connected in, um, so you know you're still you're still tied to an area of the house, and actually in some ways it kind of restricts you even more. You can't just grab the charger and go somewhere else with it. Um, you've got to sort of unplug the unit and then take the whole thing with you and then plug it in, and then you've got to wait five <laughs> years to phone. charge the phone up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 
So yeah, but anyway, yeah, I know. I'm, I think I've stunned Tim into silence. That I've recommended. I know. An Are you still there, Tim? Yeah, I'm definitely still here. Michael had said that because I don't use Android, I'm I'm. He, he's very disappointed in me, and I'm not important. I guess is what his point was. Oh, but uh, but that said, though, no, I I think that what you say about the Pixel Three A is interesting because it does have the native talk back and it's actually not too bad from everything I understand. And at that price point, it, it is hard to argue against that, that kind of phone. As far as wireless charging, like you guys said, yeah, I don't have a, a use for it right now either until it gets faster or I can do true wireless charging where it's like charging through the air somehow. So no matter where I am, my phone can always yeah, be exactly. charging that, yeah. you know, and do it fast uh, as you said, Stephen, I'm still connected or still having to be at a certain area to put my phone down on the charging mat. To me, I, I can still just plug it in. I can have an extra long cord and uh, just plug it in. In our living room, I've got a 10-foot iPhone charging cable that plugs in behind the couch, and I have it fit, you know, fed through the, the arm and the cushion, and I can just grab the cable and plug it in and then hide it when I'm not using it. Uh, I to me. Yeah, to me, that's so much easier than having to have a mat there that I have to lay it down on, uh, you know, that's not going to charge very fast. I've got a docking station for my iPhone and my Apple Watch that I can plug them both in at the same time. And it's a fast charging station, and I would never trade that for anything. So, yeah, I I don't see a purpose for these just yet. No, I don't think so. Um, So... Yeah, I am recommending Android, and I I know I shock wor- the world on that one. Um, but I, I do think it's a great phone. And the other thing I want to say about it as well is, if you're a TalkBack user, um, one of the things I love is uh, because I think the Pixel's got a better um, speaker system in it than iPhone. Again, a shocker. Uh, I do. I think the the phone sound uh, or the speaker sound off the Pixel Three A is is better than my Ten S. Um, wow! It's just got a nicer bass response to it. It feels much more richer with voice. Uh, and the voice I chose to use was Malcolm. I downloaded an app called Vocalizer TTS Voices, TTS Text to Speech, and um, that's a free app you can download in the Play Store. Once you've downloaded that, you can then go into a, and hear a range of different voices: um, U.S. English, you know, American English, or Canadian English, or French, or uh, UK English or indeed any other language you can think of and you can pick the voice that you want and the, obviously the language you want and um, you get some great voices. I chose Malcolm because I just think he's got a great voice and I, funnily enough I found that voice on Jaws 2019 and that's now my Jaws voice as well um, and it's just a really pleasant voice to listen to but if you wanted to you could have eloquence on there. So you could have the Jaws experience on your Android phone. Costs like yeah. $17 or something. Um, but it's worth it, I think, if you want that. And, of course, these are one-off payments. So my voice cost about $4. Um, but it's just fine. I'm okay with that. But I, I, I just that's what I wanted, and I love that kind of customization, and I cannot believe I'm saying all this. <laughs> well, that is the Android selling point, isn't it? That customization, the ability to change lots of things over to how you want it to work. Um, it's got its pros and cons. Definitely. Um, look, we want to talk about um, Microsoft this hour because uh, Microsoft are, I think, doing some really good work. I know that I'm kind of having a bit of a poke at them about the uh, image description stuff on Narrator, but I think put that aside for a second because I had a podcast from Blind Bargains the other, the other night, and um, it was talking to one of the guys from Microsoft about 
you know, updates that are coming to Narrator and to Magnifier as well in coming months. We, we could be talking a year yet, but there was no time scale on it. But um, what I really liked about what was talked about was the, the scale of change. I mean, I, I, I remember Magnifier used to be one of those things that was almost like a joke. You know, it was it was kind of bad. It didn't really work very well. Um, like was Narrator, kind of, yeah. yeah. Exactly, yeah. It was all just almost like lip service was being paid to visually impaired people. Um, and it wasn't really taken very seriously. And then about two, three years ago, suddenly something happened and it was like, bang! You know, all these features are coming and suddenly Narrator's being taken seriously and it's, you know, now a, a good screen reader. Maybe not a replacement for work, definitely, but certainly one that's a good screen reader for home users. Um and magnifiers the same. And and one of the, the the bits of feedback that Microsoft get apparently, this was featured in this interview that was uh, on the Blind Bargains podcast. And we've had JG on before, and uh, you know, and guys from Blind Bargains. Uh, so it's always good to hear from them. Um, but one of the interesting things that came out of that conversation was that they get a lot of people asking on magnifier, especially. You know, obviously you're using quite a lot of vision to to use the screen at, at you know, very zoomed in levels. When it comes to things like emails or long word documents, you really probably don't want to be trying to read uh, all of that with magnifier. That would be quite challenging. Character at a time. We've all been yeah, exactly, or you know, <laughs> yes. half a word at a time if you're lucky. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. And it's difficult. So to save your site a little bit, um, th- there was a question asked. You know, wouldn't it be possible if we could just add some kind of reading into that, some sort of text to speech? And that's what they're doing. They're going to build in reading uh, buttons. So a play button, a sort of skip forward, fast forward, speed as well, uh, give it some speed options. A little bit like if you've ever used, I think, Speak Screen. That's what it sounds like to me what they're doing. Speak Screen on the iPhone, which is, I think, a great feature for people who don't use voiceover but still struggle to read long uh, long parts, uh, long pieces of text. Um and I think this is a really interesting idea. Uh, and I think it highlights that they're listening to us, that they're taking what we're saying seriously. Um, yeah. and, and I will say one thing, I mean, as much as I love Apple, and I am a huge Apple fanboy, and I think I always will be, but what I like about Microsoft is they feel a lot more easy to get access to and to hear from as well. We hear from them. Yeah. Whereas we don't really get that kind of insight into what, Apple are doing, or even what they've done, you know, trying to get interviews, trying to get <laughs> the guys from Apple on the show is, is just impossible. You can't get it. Um, and I just don't, I don't understand why they're so quiet about it, why they don't want to advertise it more, um, and tell us about what the kind of things that they are doing. So, uh, I think this is really interesting. I think it's a really good time for us. But I think Microsoft are doing great work. And, you know, it is making me think my next computer, my next PC, might not be a Mac. Um, because I changed again. Really, well, you know, I love, oh. I, I'm an Apple fanboy. I love <laughs> Apple and all that. But, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're taking things very seriously over there. Yeah. So, but I think it's great that we, it's about time we celebrated a company, I think, because. You know, how often do we go on about this company, their whatever isn't accessible, you know? And I think it's it's good sometimes to take time out when a company is. And, of course, they're not there yet. You know, we've all had that Windows Store Skype yeah. experience, and, and there's lots of things like that. But the improvements in Microsoft is amazing. 
the work they've done with Seeing AI and the whole Artificial Intelligence for Accessibility project and grants they're giving out to companies working in that sector. I mean, it's all all good stuff. The Xbox controller, um, the mouse pointers now larger and you can choose different colors instead of just black or white or inverted. I mean, I think it's it's all moving in the right direction. And accessibility, like you said, doesn't just seem to be Oh, okay. Well, we've got a magnifier. Tick that box. We've got a uh, uh, narrator, so we can tick a screen reader box. They're all terrible. You know, they don't work properly, but <laughs> fine. We've, we've got them in there. But now that's not the point. They, they seem to be, as you said, listening to us and talking to us. The, the Twitter, is it MSFT? Enable. Uh, enable. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> they, they put out so many tweets and it's communication is great. Feedback, you know, just hit Windows F in, in an app and you can fill out a feedback form which goes straight to them. And it does feel like they're listening, which is great. It's amazing. Tim, I know you want to jump in on this. Uh, stay right there, though, because uh, we're going to take a short break. But we're right back here on Double Tap Canada. Double Tap Canada. Double Tap Canada. This is Double Tap Canada. We were just talking before the break there about uh, Microsoft and how uh, I personally think they are doing a great job now in providing accessibility to blind and partially sighted people and i think i'll just say quickly because i know tim you want to come in on this but i just think that the key thing for me is here that one of the one of the things that microsoft are doing is working very closely with schools and bringing all of this into schools and i think for kids who are growing up with visual impairments this is brilliant. Um, I think it's about time, you know. Uh, so I think it's a good time for kids growing up, especially those who want to learn to code, uh, because Microsoft are doing a lot of work. And fairness, so are Apple, uh, working with, with young kids and especially blind children to enable them to be able to do that. Um, because let's be honest about it, you know, every other job will be gone in 20 years. So if you, you know, <laughs> the robots will take over and the only jobs left will be to fix the robots and make new ones. <laughs> <laughs> That's the future, kids. So get coding. Uh, anyway, depressing sorry. again. Thanks. No, absolutely. And and as I step through the black mirror into the twilight zone, because here I have, you know, Stephen, you're you're recommending Android phones and switching away from your Mac, and Sean actually was recommending Microsoft products and saying good things. I didn't hear him go as far as to, to recommend Narrator, but we'll, we'll get him there. But um, yeah, this is just so weird. I, I'm just so silent, stunned, silent on this. But no, seriously, yeah. What Microsoft has done and the work that they've put into this and really focusing on accessibility, especially for blind and visually impaired people, is fantastic. I think we said earlier this year that the the prior year, 2018, was you know the accessibility company of the year was oddly Microsoft, you know, with all the the things that they were doing. Yeah. And you guys are right with with the way that they're listening and and taking feedback and putting things in with all the webinars that they've had this year. Really listening to people and and taking questions and answering those questions. Uh, quite honestly, um, you know, is is refreshing to see that again. Not that Apple doesn't listen to us. Not that other companies don't listen, and not that they don't implement things. You know, for example, we know with iOS 13, we're finally going to be able to change the gestures that we use on iOS, just like you can on Android. So they are listening. They are implementing <sighs> these things, but they do seem to be quiet about it. They don't put 
that information out there until until it pops up in an iOS beta or something. We don't necessarily know it exists. Microsoft is out there tooting their own horns, and, and in this case, they should be, to say, hey, try seeing AI. Try this new technology. Let's have a webinar and have a discussion with you, the user, to find out if this works for you and what your what your concerns are, what you like about it or don't like. And I love that kind of interactivity from any company, but especially a mainstream company that's as big as Microsoft. Sean, earlier when you said, you know, they seem to be, you know, a company that's listening and they're accessible to us and they're listening and all this. You wouldn't think that of such a large company like Microsoft, who's been around so long, but yet they are. And and it is refreshing to see that. So I'm glad we, we've had this conversation kind of in the past. You know, we have Apple and Microsoft and, and Samsung and Google mainstream companies making a point to to put accessibility out there, you know, first and foremost, you know, right up front. That's so refreshing to have that happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, actually, should we pick up on iOS 13? Because I know you two are really oh, excited about it. You've been it. nagging me to talk it about is. it. It's amazing. It's amazing. I just put on the latest public beta. I think we're on six, is it, Tim? Yep, we are up the beta six. Amazing. I, I love it. The The upgrade to the accessibility is uh, I mean, it's it's light years, I would say. I know, I'm not exaggerating. It's light years. The, um, <laughs> That's no exaggeration commands... whatsoever. I've told <laughs> no. you a million times, Priest, don't exaggerate. <laughs> Look, we'll every time yeah. <laughs> you, you update to the latest version of iOS and the first thing you do is jump into the accessibility and say, okay, what's new? And it's like, oh, nothing, or they've rearranged it, or they've renamed something. But this time, the ability to do uh, customized gestures, uh, they call it commands, fantastic. There's activities, so when you when you go to a specific app or you're in a specific, I don't know, um, task, you can set different voiceover settings, so you can have different voices at different speech rates. Fantastic. The voice control, oh my days, I love it. It's amazing, and it's totally <laughs> integrated with voiceover. So you could say, voiceover, read all, and it'll read the entire screen, swipe left, swipe right, tap on, buy now button. Amazing. So, yeah, I think iOS 13 is something to be really excited about. Yeah, iOS 13 has been fantastic. I went in <laughs> very early on, which was, was kind of nerve-wracking because it was a, a bit glitchy, as, as early betas are. But as each beta has come out, it has gotten so smooth and so stable. And, yeah, just just simply taking the accessibility menu out of the general area in settings and putting it on the main page, I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but to put accessibility out there out front like that to say, hey, there is an accessibility area here. So people that don't realize that it's there or might need it but don't realize it could be there to use see the word accessibility and, and can – hop in there and say, hey, what's this about? So I like that just by itself. But yeah, with voice control and changing the commands and the activities, which are very much like routines in a way that you use, say, on an Amazon Echo, you know, assigning different things. I I've been really impressed with it. The only issue I've had with voice control so far is if I'm not using a Bluetooth earpiece and I I've got it on speaker and I'm trying to dictate, uh, say, a text or, or an email and it hears itself as it responds to me. And sometimes it puts the text in the box and <laughs> yes. that's not good. Um, no, but, but that's always going to be an issue when we're exactly. using a screen reader and voice recognition. That's, that's always, it's got to be headphones of some description. Right. And so at that point I, I would just, 
turn it off, which thankfully you can very quickly uh, turn voice control on and off. Just ask Siri and, and you can turn it on and off very quickly. And then just use flick type, quite honestly, is what I've done or just dictate <laughs> at that point and then and ask Siri to turn it back on. So it's really not a major issue. It's just a matter of realizing that 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 is something to be aware of. But otherwise, yeah, being able to control with voice is fantastic. Although my wife hates it because she's never sure if I'm talking to the phone or talking to her. And uh, that could be frustrating, I guess. But yeah, I mean, iOS 13, I, I've just been really impressed. And then we go to even the non-accessibility stuff. All their stock apps have gotten so many nice updates, mail and notes and Safari. I, I mean, we'll we'll do a big review of this, I'm sure, once it all comes out. Uh, you know, Sean and I, maybe even Stephen Wall, get you know deep dive into all the different changes after well, it happens in a month or so. Drag me into it. You, okay, you, well, fine. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I, 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 I'll just say uh, uh, up front, I'm probably not going to get to it, guys, because you know, let's yeah, be honest. Yeah, we know it. you. Won't. I, I, I couldn't even get one feature uh, through for the past three <laughs> right. weeks. This is, so this you know. is true. So yeah, so it's all me. So yeah, when it comes out, we'll we'll have more information about it. But so many things that Apple is finally getting to with a lot of their stock apps and the user interface and so many different things. So yeah, iOS 13 coming out probably about a less than a month now, I guess, That's is, right, yeah. is going to be really nice. I actually did download it onto my iPad just yesterday. Uh, I've got the iPad Pro, and uh, it was actually someone I was talking to was saying, you know, maybe we should... Maybe we should do this. Maybe put it on there and then see how it now acts with the new, you know, voiceover and the updates that have come through. Because I'll be honest, voiceover on the iPad has always been a bit ropey for me. Primarily, I think because of the the amount of columns and things that you know, voiceover has to jump through to get to the content. Yeah, it's a different layout. Yeah, yeah it's too much surface for me being totally blind and using that much area. You'd think it would be great, but actually I like having the confined area of an iPhone because on an iPad I can very easily get lost. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's been a big problem with uh, with it. But, well, it's only been just downloaded, so I'm not going to say anything at the moment. But, uh yeah, I'll be interested to see what the what the features are. Voice I did, control. I did go through. Yeah, I did go through a lot of the accessibility options. I did see voice control in there, uh, and actually, there might be an argument to say that on an iPad, voice control would be brilliant, um, because it might be easier to navigate the whole thing that way. I don't know. Maybe uh, do, true. Do, you know, the the thing I'm thinking about the use case for me is just when you're you've got your phone in your pocket, you've got your headphones on, you know, and, and before Siri was great, but you can actually go deep diving into an app you can open an app up but that's it then you've got to go you know and touch the screen whereas with this now you can tell it to open an app then you can swipe left swipe right or tap on this button you can totally control your phone just using your voice oh and you can also use your apple tv <laughs> remote to uh, control it and move through i mean i can't think of a use case at all for it but how cool is that Okay. Oh, I'm excited. Hang on, let me calm down. Yeah, yeah, you're right over there. Maybe you need some air over there. Um, <laughs> oh, jeez. Right, okay. Uh, look, let's talk about Samsung, because they had a big event recently, the Unpacked event, uh, where they showed off the Samsung Note 10. Um, missing something, I think, quite important, Tim, that Samsung were quite keen to tell us they wanted to keep. Hmm, yes, for a few years now, Samsung has been very... Uh, critical of Apple for, for getting rid of this uh, piece of technology, having actual advertisements, commercials out there ridiculing Apple for, for doing this, and they would never, ever do this to their customers. And with the Galaxy Note 10, they've removed the headphone jack. Oh, wow. Let's see, that's the thing. It's fine. If you want to remove it, you remove it. That's uh, whatever. 
but the fact that you had those adverts about how ridiculous yes. ridiculous Apple were to remove it, and then you took those adverts down as soon as that note came out. I mm, mean, come that's on. That's not good. That's not good. But, um, okay, I'll be honest, I didn't watch the, the event. Tim, you sound like you, you've had a, a look at it. Um, what, what do you think of the Note 10? I mean, is anything standing out that, you know, for us, is there like anything to really get excited about? You know, I, I don't think so. I mean, is it a nice upgrade to the Note line? Sure. Is it everything that you would expect it to be? Sure. But as far as accessibility goes and, and, and screen readers go, I mean, Sean, you know, such the Android fanboy. Now maybe he knows more about it than, than I did, or maybe more of it excited him than did me. But for me, I mean, really, the news was removing the headphone jack, which doesn't bother me. I know it still bothers you guys, but it doesn't really bother me. But either way, that was big news, and I just didn't really see anything else that excited me about getting the the Note 10. Did you, Sean? That's because you're an Android hater, as uh, I am not an knows, Android <laughs> hater. But look, that the Note is an amazing phone. It's probably uh, it's up there with a the flagship of the Android phones. It's great. Um, it's huge for one thing. Uh, there was some impressive technology in it. Now, it depends. With Samsung, they do tend to chuck impressive technology at something, but then just totally drop it. It's almost a Google sort of thing as well. Um, but the 3D scanning, uh, 3D modeling was really cool, I thought. So they've got a depth sensing camera on the back of this and uh, a 3D modeling app, and you just simply walk around an object and bang, you've got a 3D model. And there's even an option to 3D print that model. So you could copy physical objects, which blows my mind. I know nothing about 3D printing, but you know, the, the idea of it sounds really cool. So, so uh, I, could, I could walk around Beyonce. You could. And I don't then even, let's not go, even go there. That's, print that's, out a 3D version. Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you could. Um, Stop it. The S Pen, <clears throat> usually like the Apple Pencil, I think, well, from my point of view, absolutely useless. But the S Pen in this respect, it seemed pretty cool because you could control your devices. So the example given on stage was a woman setting up a, a vlog. So she was setting up using the camera app and she could frame herself and using gestures of the pen, not touching the screen, just in her hand. You know, you press a button to start recording, and then she could flick the pen up, again, not touching the screen, just in the view of the camera, and it would change different options, and she could switch through, almost like a remote control. I mean, there were some cool things in there. So, yeah, it's a great phone, um, but it's another evolution, so I'm not entirely interested in it, I'll be honest. Oh, well, that's that then. Sorry. Um yeah, yeah, that's I, that. No, the the only other thing that really excited me, or I should say, interested me from Samsung's unpacked event, was the release of their Active Two smartwatch. And we touched on this a little bit last week, but Stephen, I know you've for a long time been looking for a possible alternative to Apple Watch. You bought your Fossil watch, I think it had Android in it. You've been looking at this, and I don't know if this will interest you, but the Active Two does have a screen reader in it and actually even has Zoom in it. So it is something that they're trying to make a competitor for the Apple Watch. Yeah, and I think that's that's really exciting. I'm also hearing rumors, by the way, of a Pixel Watch from Google. Um, that is interesting. Yep. It, there might be one of those coming this year. Um, I, I think it would probably make sense to do that from, from Google's point of view. Uh, the, the Samsung watches have always... Um, because of the, it's a Tizen operating system. That's right. Um, 
and it, it does have accessibility built into it. It does seem, I've not tried it, I've never been able to try it anywhere. I don't know anyone who's got one of these watches, and I've, I've, I don't want to just buy one on the basis that, you know, it might work and be great, um, because it might not. Before. Yeah. Well, that's true, yeah, that, that's true, but... Uh, no, this one I'm kind of more cautious around. Although I, I do, I have heard people at like David Woodbridge in Australia, a popular podcaster and, uh, you know, fellow, fellow blind guy who often talks about, you know, the, the benefits of, of using this particular device. My impression of, of his demonstration that I listened to was that it was a very early iPhone type prototype accessibility, if you know what I mean. The, the level of accessibility on it was pretty basic. Volume, uh, it's not volume. Sorry, um, speed of voice was pretty low. Um, it just didn't seem to be uh, as fully fledged as the Apple Watch for sure. Uh, again, time, you know, it's time. I don't know. It, it's 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 difficult with the watch. Any smart watch, including the Apple Watch, is that I I don't think people are entirely sure what they're going to use it for. You know, and and mm. to to lay out money to get something just because you want to try it out is, is a difficult decision. I'm not entirely sure the use of them. I know they're nice to have. But... Now, other people have asked me over the years, uh, over the last year especially, actually. Um, so I'm thinking about getting an Apple Watch. Should I? Yeah. And Difficult. It's a very, it's a hard one to answer, isn't yeah. it? Because it's like, yeah, no, maybe. <laughs> well, the use I like case it. is completely different depending on who you are and how you might use it. If you're somebody who's in the fitness or, or you know, tracking your health and activity and all that kind of thing, well, then, yeah, it's it's almost a must-have if you're if you're wanting to track your heart rate and things like that and your exercise. Yeah, you could then do that with a Fitbit. You can, but as we've talked about, the, the screens of the Fitbit aren't accessible at all. You do have to go into the app, which is accessible, but if you want to find something on the go, it, it is easier to do that on the Apple Watch. But then take that away... And there are so many other things you can do, but then are you a person who just is just as happy to pull your phone out and do those same things? So that that's kind of where where you have to think about it is, okay, I can send and receive text messages or, uh, you know, I can check my email and, and do all these different things, uh, even record, you know, record voice messages or, or whatever, you name it, you can do it on the Apple Watch. But is it something that you need to do with your watch, or can you, or can you just bring your phone out and do it that way? What is the use case for you? When I first got my Apple Watch, I wanted it for the health and fitness aspect of it, and then I was happy to have it for all the other things that it can do that I don't have to pull my phone out for every time. And so I have found other use cases, but that may not be the same for everybody. Yeah. I agree, and I think that's ultimately the, the, the thing. It's, it's, it works for some, and I think you're right. I think the fitness thing is a big deal. If you're into fitness in a big way, then this is probably... Like us. Yeah, yeah or not <laughs> like us, you mean. Um, then, yeah, absolutely, it's a brilliant device to have. I think if you're going to use it for messages, if you're going to use it for calls, if you're going to use it for... <sighs> that's it. <laughs> that is it. Oh, messaging you know, calls, checking your calendar, sending messages like you said, checking the weather, recording oh, voice on. memos. Yeah, but it's like so. So we all use, but we all use uh, WhatsApp, right? And WhatsApp doesn't work really well on it because we all send voice, me- uh, yeah, voice messages to each other, and you you can't listen to them on it. You no, can't respond that's right. to them. 
Uh, that is annoying. And it's like, you'll get a notification saying, oh, Tim Schwartz has sent you a voice message. And I'm like, great, can I listen to Go it? Go to your phone. Oh, got to get yeah. my phone. Well, you know, if certain people weren't using Androids all the time and we were able to send voice uh, messages yeah, yeah, in iMessage. Like Works we well on Android. To... Talking of which, let's get back to the Active Watch. The Samsung Active 2. Actually, it looks like a really nice watch. The, the design of it, it's a round face watch, which is always uh, interesting. And it is fairly thin. And they do say, you know, one and a half to two days per charge. Uh, and as we said, it is accessible. It does have a screen reader built in. So yeah, it may be a good place to start. The funny thing for me is they're, they're still selling the Active, or the Active One, if you want to call it that now. Um, they only brought out that at the start of the year. So they're going to have these two phones. It is, I think, $100 US cheaper. Um, but, you know, it's always nice to have the option there. And, and, and being accessible, you know, I can't knock it too much. Well, yeah, for Samsung to do this, I mean, literally about six months apart, bringing these out. So, I mean, I guess we're going to see another one before Christmas or the new year. I don't know, but it <laughs> uh, se- seems like, yeah, that's what Samsung likes to do. But yeah, when they had the availability to upgrade, they just went ahead and upgraded. And if you are somebody who's looking for a fitness watch and maybe you don't want an Apple watch, although the, the Active 2, I don't think it was much less expensive than an Apple watch. I think it still goes in around $300 or so. And so for what it costs, you you do have to pick between the two, I guess. But they were really making a big deal about saying we have now added, you know, 20 some, I guess, uh, pre-programmed exercises and it'll automatically detect. And we've got all these other health features. And I'm going, hmm, all the things that an Apple Watch has had for a couple of years now, they're getting into this active watch, which, again, it's a six month old product that's on its version two, not version four, like, well, kind of version five for the Apple watch. So yeah. I get it. It is going to be behind. Even the screen reader ability is going to be behind. Like you said, Stephen, but I, I, I am pleased to see that they are doing it, that it is something that is going to be a competitor, maybe to an Apple watch. And like Sean said, it's accessible. It may not be great yet, but it may not, it may not even be Apple watch levels yet, but it's a start. Well, I, I think it's good to have competition and, you know, we don't really have anything else in this space, let's no, be that's honest. right for Android specifically. You know, yeah, because exactly. wasn't the fossil one that you got, Stephen? It had Android in it, and it was not accessible. Oh, that was right? terrible. That was just a. It know. was awful. Yeah, yeah terrible, I mean, terrible app as well. <laughs> and um, you know, it, it essentially had two buttons on it, which I mean, nothing spoke. And there was no speech at all on it. Um, it was it was great. I think if you were partially sighted and you want a smartwatch, but I don't. There was no real. It wasn't a smartwatch. Nothing on it that was so exciting. Well, it was smartish. <laughs> I think it was it looked smart. But let's put it that way. It was a, <laughs> it sm- was a Sean watch. Beautiful looking watch. I mean, honestly, a gorgeous looking watch. Yeah, that's um, me. But <laughs> but you know, I, I had the button set up for like play pause for my my music player. That was kind yeah. of you know it wasn't really anything too exciting i also had it set up so that i could tell the time difference as well between where tim lives and where i live um and obviously <laughs> oh that's, that's nothing good. else has been able to do and that yet since you still in, in don't my look life. at it to find out how different the time is yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh yeah because i can't look at it don't bring it up tim oh, <laughs> poor choice <laughs> okay, anyway moving on <laughs> from that sore wow. point yeah, um the, the final thing was the uh the galaxy book s a a arm powered laptop uh, I do not understand this at all. It's running Windows 10, but because it's powered by a Qualcomm CPU, uh, you know, you can't... Now, this is interesting. Be quiet. You, can, you Windows 10, but you can't run Windows apps on it unless there are specific ones. Think of Windows RT when that was released, when it quickly died a death. 
I don't understand this at all. It's it's interesting, maybe. It looks cool. It's 24-hour almost battery life to these because basically it's the innards of a smartphone in a laptop chassis. Terrible. I, I don't yeah, know who don't this is it. for, if this is for students or younger people. I, 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 maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah, but it's a grand. Well, that, that's what I was going to say. It's almost like it's designed for a student who's only using specific apps and only needs specific use cases but yet not because, yeah, it's over $1,000, so th- there's no student that's going to buy it. Well, maybe a Harvard student or an Oxford student maybe, but but no other student is going to buy this. So, yeah, I don't understand who or what yeah, this is for. The companies just seem to be making lots of you know computers. This takes me back to netbook days. Um, remember the netbooks? I love netbooks. <laughs> yeah, just because you can doesn't netbooks mean you were amazing. They were the iPhone SE of the computing no, world for us. on. No, no, no. They were great. Portable. Yeah, well, it depends which one you bought, obviously. If you buy an actual computer, you know, I actually remember someone, I'm sure I was in a shop one day, someone bought a netbook and the other laptops laughed um, because it was just so ridiculous (laughs) that anyone would want to use that. Well, that's because it must be about 12 years old by now. I haven't seen a netbook in ages. No, I know. They also died a horrible death. But... um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if you're going to buy a computer, I mean, that, the problem is for me with something like that, you're always left wanting. Because at some point, you, 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 I assume most people might want to do something more than just sit on the web. And if you're going to do that, are you more not, and of course, we're talking here about anybody, not just people with sight loss. Because I'll be frank, if you're going to use a netbook and you need to use voice, like uh, JAWS or forget JAWS, um, Narrator maybe, uh, NVDA, uh, it's going to struggle. You know, it's going to struggle with all of that stuff and magnification because, of course, being cheaper price, you got uh, less of a screen. So you know, it was pretty poor for partially sighted people as well. And it was all they were terrible, just terrible. No, they weren't all terrible. Yes, you had to make sure you get the most powerful CPU, and there wasn't there wasn't a lot out there. But smartphones just I can killed imagine them you off. in a shop. I can imagine you going in there and saying, "Hello, um, I'd like the the best worst computer you have." If you could get one with a Celeron <laughs> desktop class CPU in it, oh, it was cool. Dear. If you were running oh. an Atom or something along there, uh, 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 terrible. But Okay, they're dead. Let's leave them alone. Rest in peace. I love you, Ned. I still can't get the image out of my head of all of the laptops laughing at the netbook. <laughs> I just envision all the laptop screens bouncing up and down laughing like clamshells as the uh, netbook is being purchased. <laughs> it's funny. I can't get the image of a 3D printed Beyonce out of my head. I don't know well, what's going on. There is that. <laughs> yeah, it must have been that. So that's going to carry on uh, for some time. Mm. Um well, look, that's almost it from us, believe it or not. The time is upon us to go. Um, thank you so much for uh, being here again, guys. It has been lovely. And um, I, I said that because I had to. You and, always uh, spoil it. You say that you every, say it every time. time. It, 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 it I, I cuts know, at I me. Know. I'll be honest with you, Stephen. Feedback at ami.ca is the email address. Uh, you can call, leave a message if you want to. Tell us that you're happy to uh, get your message read out on air. One eight six six five zero nine four five four five is the number. That's one eight six six five zero nine four five four five. That email address again. Feedback at ami dot ca. Uh, remember, of course, you can catch up with uh, me and uh, Marco Flalo on Double Tap TV Ooh. as well. And uh, yeah, we're going to be on the road next week. Oh, oh, oh it's Ooh. exciting! Not literally, uh, I hope so. No, well, not literally. No, I'm not driving. Phew. Just to okay. be clear on that. Good. Um, 
that's that could have been a rather interesting episode and also the very last episode ever of everything um so uh yeah check that out uh thanks so much for guys for being with us and uh, thank you for listening catch you next time thank you thank Bye-bye. you this was an ami podcast for more accessible media visit ami.ca Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.